Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week, we welcome special guest Hunter Cook of DieHards.com to talk basketball, football, baseball, and fast food. Episode 14 of the 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hey, everybody. This week we have a special guest with us, Hunter Cook of Die Hard. I, I'm going to butcher your, the name of your site. I'm sorry. Die Hard. Why, why don't you tell us what it is? It's just Die Hards <laughs> and a bunch of other places that will die hard, pay me right. money for my words. That's about it. <laughs> he is the professional in, in in this group of ragamuffins or whatever you want to call us. Agreed. Noobs. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, professional is a very very loose term. <laughs> he gets paid for writing about sports. We, Michael and I, by extension of Seth's hard work and advertising sales, get a check every couple of years. I don't know. Yeah, we're, and we're, I write about food, so that doesn't even really count. There you go. It's, it's I, building up. It's building up. Yeah. Check's coming. It's in the mail. We're yeah. getting there. We're getting there, man. You know how the Postal Service works? They're slow. <laughs> so this yeah, week we're a lot of back in... order. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Michael, what were you saying? Oh, nothing. Nothing worth going back for. Awesome. <laughs> it's a good podcast. This is the best. Um this week we're going to put a, a final bow on the on the basketball season. Um, the national championship crown went to Villanova last night. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about obviously football and the evolving situation with the four players that were arrested last weekend. Um, spring practice in Frisco. We're going to move on to baseball. Talk about how they're doing halfway through the season. What's going wrong? Why we Thought the sky was falling on Thursday, Sunday. We think we're okay now. And we're getting to our two listener questions, which came from one person. Thanks, Brian, for supporting us every, <laughs> had, had to every to week. Brian for always coming through, man. <laughs> and then we'll finally, we'll wrap up with what we learned this week. But uh, before we actually get into basketball, we, we had the Easter weekend, or Easter this past weekend. Um, obviously a chance for, for families to get together, usually celebrate or spend time together over a meal. I, I saw this on Twitter that Michael had shared a, a new recipe on, on steak, and it got me thinking about what we do for, for these special occasions. Um, we we actually had, had a smoked brisket this weekend. We kind of thumbed our nose at a ham, like, no, we're not doing that. That's, that's lame. That's terrible. We did a brisket, amazing stuff. That afternoon, evening, I was like, whoop. Ate way too much because I was I wasn't the one slicing the brisket. I was the one standing next to him, so I would take a piece every now and then. Yeah. And by the time I, I sat down for dinner, worse. it was it was like, oof, I'm done. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know which is worse in that scenario because I sample enough as the slicer, but if all I had to do was just sit there and watch the slicer, yeah, it probably would I'd I'd probably need to just go to bed. Just take a so, nap. You you on on Twitter what I was mentioning, you had found a a reverse sear technique on steaks. What, like, you want to tell us about what you found? What you were oh, doing? it was okay. It was like a reverse reverse sear. So it's a, a sear. Pre, it's a pre sear. <laughs> so um, my wife and I started this the South Beach diet last week. Yeah, and your, your beach body on for the summer? Yeah, can't you tell? Can y'all tell? No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Um, that was but, Michael leaning back, about to pull a shirt up and show us his abs. And, yeah, yeah, we're on the we're on the video chat, you know, and we we're all about to throw up. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be really impressed, like a bowl of oatmeal. But they they had uh, on the South Beach diet, you can have um, sirloin. You can have that's kind of considered a leaner cut of beef. And so uh, I found some sirloin. I found this method online where you just throw some salt on it, put it in the fridge for a few hours, then you sear it, and then you smoke it. And they turned out great. Some of the best steaks I've ever done. Um, so if y'all want to look on my Twitter at lsrr07, I've got I've got that posted. It's from I think it was a site called like Smoking Dash Meat. dot <laughs> com. Very specific. Wow, that's. Yeah. yeah, so that smoking was what meat. we did. Wow. Smo- yeah. Yeah. Smoking meat about um, you know vegan options in, for the new age. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I go to smoking dot meat for my stock <laughs> tips. Um, they've got a lot of good, a lot of good advice. They're they're really into foreign markets and, and well, currencies. See, that, that, that's that's where we were first getting our our, our cryptocurrency advice, and that's a bit we haven't <laughs> talked about in like eleven weeks. We gotta we yeah. bring that back up. Yeah. So, Hunter, do you guys have any like any family traditions on on special occasions or meals that you you did growing up? Not really. Like the only constant was that like stuff would change. And somewhere around like when I was in high school, my uh, family got really really health conscious. And so my parents and everyone else in my family is like, are they like health nuts? Like we're like the. 5k on thanksgiving family and oh you're mom, the turkey trot people yeah we're, we're, we're turkey trot people and That's my mom worst. just got done running like a half or like a full marathon something like that and like oh man nope <laughs> nope i walk the dogs man ain't happening <laughs> coming from the one athlete in the group of three telling us he didn't like to work out or be active it. or healthy I hate it. it's it's pain it's nothing but pain <laughs> i'm so far out of shape like i was doing really good about keeping in shape um, throughout college after I uh, quit. And then, man, the, I think a, it was the week of the blizzard. And the blizzard just hit, and, like, you couldn't go outside for, like, a month. And then after that, I was just like, well, I guess I'm done. <laughs> no, no point in even attempting to get back into it. Just, you know, I'm going to live yeah, with it. Yeah, the, the time I stopped working out was many, many years before the blizzard. <laughs> And hey, you have a blizzard to remind yourself why you don't do it in the first place because Look, life is being just outside is terrible. You know. I mean, it's hot some days, it's cold, it's just it's a nightmare. <laughs> no, I so I, I I said that you were the athlete. Um, so you played some college athletics. Michael and I, I, I didn't play any, any past. Um, well, I tried out for baseball my sophomore year in high school, didn't make it. That was awful. I, I'd played sports up until then, uh, uh, basketball and football, but. I thought I wanted to play baseball, and it's like, well, you have to 
be able to throw the ball better than I did. It was it was terrible. I was like, I was like probably the only person that tried out on the team that didn't make it. Like a really uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> I walked up and was like, "Yeah, don't come back tomorrow." <laughs> oh man, I was like, that "Sucks." All right, I'm out. <laughs> like like don't come back because we don't we don't practice tomorrow. Like we practice the day after. Is that what you mean, or do you just need me to? Just never come back, or I could catch pop flies, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Let, let, let's let to, to, to clear the air. Let, let's. I wasn't like an athlete at Texas Tech or anything. I was. Uh... This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Uh, I uh, turned down like some very, very small D2 like half scholarship offers to play at Hardin-Simmons University, where I played for a year until I hurt my back and decided... I was done. Like, the, the, we're, we're, I didn't. Dude. I didn't walk on D one. I didn't do the amazing thing. Nah, there's this vast difference. A vast that, difference. Okay, we'll we'll acknowledge that. But that's still. <laughs> just, light I just gotta years. throw that out there. I'm not. That's that's light years of sports experience beyond what either of us have experienced. I I was up till. I mean, I I played. After, uh, I was on the teams because I was at a small school and I was tall, and I could get on the basketball team every year. And so I played basketball all through school and I played football the last year just for the hell of it. And and in both of those scenarios, when I got to the varsity level, I was like the backup to the backup. And what was always depressing was I'd come home for a weekend and I went to South Plains college starting off and I'd come home for a weekend and, and I, you know, people at church or whatever, Hey, what are you doing? I'm up at South Plains. Oh Yeah. Yeah, you playing ball up there? I'm like, no, no. I, I, I averaged like sixty seconds of of, of playtime my senior year in high school. No, I, I don't. Nobody was calling. You know, oh yeah, yeah, you up there? You playing ball? Like, no, y'all must have thought I was. What? You gotta do it for you, the weather, right? What, what part of the word gassers do you not understand? <laughs> You ain't Suicides, none of that sounds good. It no, happened. It great. happened multiple times at my church, and I don't know why everybody just assumed that. I, oh, I, he went up to Level Land. He's up there playing ball. Just no, no, he's not. <laughs> he, he gained like twenty five pounds and and naps a lot. That's that was my first couple That's of years of college. That's the life. <laughs> it was great. So speaking of basketball, let's just transition right on into that one. <laughs> Um, so Villanova won the championship game last night. This is Tuesday, April 3rd. Um, pretty convincing fashion after they kind of shook off the rust. I don't know why they were rusty, but they were had a, a pretty slow start. 
um, too much offense for Michigan to handle. Ended up being like they had a 22 point lead at one point in the game. It was kind of outrageous that that was like the championship game when in fact it probably happened the week before when they were playing Texas Tech. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, because in route to the, the Villanova championship, the, the closest game that they played was against Tech. Um, you know, Tech had it within five, four or five, six points there with a few minutes left. Uh, and then they got into like a desperation mode and the final score kind of opened up a little bit while Tech was trying to shoot some threes and uh, fouling every Villanova on every possession. They didn't miss a single free throw. Ended up a little bit. It was it was closer than the, the 12 point spread would have you believe. But even then, 12 points was the closest game they played. Um, actually, I saw something interesting this week. There was a conversation that got brought up about everybody was so excited for uh, Texas Tech fans were so excited about getting that three seed in Dallas, but they ended up matching them up against Villanova. Um, where you look around the rest of the the sixty four teams, the other other three brackets, like you know, if they were in a different bracket, they probably could have gotten to the Final Four and played Villanova there. What do you guys think about that? Did the Dallas three seed hurt them or Hunter, I've, Michael, anybody? I'll go first. I, the <laughs> I'm just making this up. No, no. I think the I think the Dallas. I I, I really think Dallas helped them. Um, I think it helped them win against Florida, especially. Uh, I, that's why I'm still kind of leaning back on. I was nervous how they were going to do in Boston because the Dallas presence was so overwhelmingly Red Raider friendly, and I, I still think that that helped them. I, I'm not—I don't want to say that they would have lost, but I think that played a big factor into how they they played against Florida, and even to an extent how they came back against SFA at the end. Um, so I don't know if I'd—I guess you could trade it, but. If the result is to lose to Villanova anyway, um, yeah, I guess you would lose and be number two. That'd be good. But where would you, you know, Hunter, did you know, or Spencer, did either of y'all know where we would have ended up if we'd have been the five seed? Where would that have taken us? I think in the East, maybe. I, in the I East? Can't, I can't recall. That was, feels like years ago. That time yeah. was so long. Yeah, I, I'd heard that if they'd fallen to like a, a four or five, they would have been either in San Diego or Boise. Those are the other okay. two destinations I heard. I don't even remember who else was in those little pods, but that's my knock against if we had gotten a different seed and gotten out of Dallas. Um, I I do think it really benefited us in that aspect. What do you think, Hunter? I mean, maybe. I mean, it's it's all such like a crapshoot in that tournament. I mean, it's, it's the hardest tournament to win in sports. Like six games deep is very very difficult to win. You no real advantages. Like, and a lot of what we would consider like a run to the final four probably would uh, depend on fans in Dallas, like matching up really, really well with Florida. Um, and then like probably having one of the easier matchups of the sweet 16 with a just crippled Purdue team. Is that, that, that helped us too. Or I say, uh, to help Texas tech for, for sure. I, I, I just don't really no, I don't think it's a lock that they'd be in the Final Four if they don't have Villanova in their bracket. 
but I do think it's possible because no one was beating that team this year. They're just they're just too good. And, and Spencer, you talked about it. Like, yeah, they went up five at one point, but at no point did it ever like really kind of feel like they were in danger of being blown out of the water. It seemed like that always has a chance to like kind of strike back and go for it. And there at the very end is. I think we were all kind of feeling there in the last five minutes, like, all right, this this is over. It was a good season for Texas Tech. It's they, they had the run. It's good, but we can't three point shoot our way out of this. Yeah, and man, just think if Divincenzo had gone even remotely as close to Supernova as he did in the championship game, it would have been a blowout. I I, I mean, I think we can credit our defense on. Uh, stopping Villanova from shooting well at the three-point line, but I still think part of it's just that I think we caught him on a bad shooting day because he saw what they could do against Michigan. And they had – DiVincenzo had hands in his face, and everybody was – you know, they they were a little bit slower there towards the end because I think they knew it was coming. But, man, I, I, I think we caught him at about the best time we could have, and still they just overpowered us, so – yeah, it's possible we could have made it, but like, yeah, Hunter, you brought up a good point with Purdue. If if Haas isn't hurt, that may have changed things just in general. Uh, so there's a lot of what ifs there, but I'm still happy with with what we did and where we came where we came into play. And I'm I'm actually really happy it ended up in Dallas just because so many Tech fans got to go. And just just when it comes down to the fact that there were people from all over the you know the the states surrounding Texas doing everything they could to get to Dallas for that weekend and and uh, make their presence known. That was a lot of fun. So I think it's worth it in that aspect. Yeah, and I was gonna say losing to the eventual national champion. That's that doesn't. It takes some sting away from being knocked out. You know, you lose to the best team in the country. Like okay, I, I understand. Like it just it, one. It wasn't our day. We we, we couldn't get. Even layups to fall, like we were, couldn't get a rebound. Couldn't get a rebound. That, like, that layup stat was horrendous. Oh, it was awful. Terrible. Yeah. So well, I had a hey, I had a good stat from last night. Um, I watched the because, like you just said, if if we play Nova and lose, I'm not the guy that roots actively for the people that just beat us handily. But I, I wanted Nova to win because it would be a little feather in our cap. And I watched the Nova broadcast on True TV, which, you know, I've watched more True TV this month than I will the next 11. <laughs> and they uh, they put up this stat because it was a very Nova-friendly bo- broadcast, which the color guy was terrible because he just kept going, Woo! Whoop! <laughs> yeah! He was just like, a, just like a fan sitting there. But anyway, Was he uh, Chris Berman? No, no, he wasn't. Just, just, just ad libbing. That's back, it. Back, back, <laughs> back, 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 back. <laughs> but uh, one of the best stats was Nova was down by seven, and then they went on a thirty-nine to seventeen run, and this was put up with twelve minutes left in the game. So that that run may have gotten even more lopsided. They just. They were too good. They're they the better team good. in college basketball. <laughs> the best team in college basketball from the beginning to the end. They're number one. They're number one, I think, to begin the year, and hey, they proved it at the end. They're a good team, fantastic team. I don't think there's any like shame in losing to that. 
Yeah. No, so, I, I think the AP stat, I think the lowest they got the whole year was six. I think they were ranked sixth at one point. Speaking Whoa. of sixth, the postseason rankings came out. Texas Tech finished at number six. Very good segue there, Michael. Thank you for setting me up, teeing me yeah. up and knocking it out. Here Not even on purpose. Uh, previous high high mark uh, for the postseason ranking was eight after that 30-plus uh, win season, 95-96. So still setting records in, in terms of the program. Going the furthest you've ever gone in the tournament, finishing the season ranked sixth. Also kind of bring some some other attention to your program. You're seeing assistant coaches being interviewed. One particular, Chris Ogden. Uh, I would have expected him to have already gone by now to uh, UT Arlington. Uh, pa- apparently he's the a leading candidate for the head coaching position there. Um, it's just one of those things that comes with success. You're going to lose um, assistant coaches to other programs, especially as they get opportunities to – to take on a head coaching position. Um, I think it's kind of cool for him. I mean, UTA is not like a a destination job in any, any stretch of the imagination, but to go from an assistant that just went, you know, on an elite eight run to, to parlaying that into a head coaching job. That's, it's gotta be pretty nice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm no uh, scholar of college basketball, but from what I can tell about that program is that, uh, the previous coach left the cupboard pretty well stacked. Like they were a pretty good team before that. So he has, some, he, if he were to go, uh, he'd have something to work with. Yeah. Cause at, at this point, you know, Tuesday evening, not confirmed or anything that he's leaving. Still a possibility. Um, yeah. I think was, it's it cool. U- was it UTA that said that they were trying to build, they had, they had something come out. Like they're trying to, uh, become the next Villanova or something like that. I, I swear I saw that. They're, they're they're trying to really build up their program and really talk it up. And I think it was on STP, and I I can't even find it now. It may have been in the comments, but uh, if if that's the case, uh, you know, Ogden sounds like a good place to start. Especially like if what Hunter's saying, if if they've got some guys there that can play right now, uh, that's what's so awesome and also kind of frustrating about basketball is if you've got like six seven guys that can ball you can go you can go all the way to the final four you can go to national championship you can do everything that's all you need are like six or seven really core great guys and and these small schools can find these guys sometimes and really surprise everybody so who knows i'll i'll be keeping up with uta if ogden does you know, officially make it there. It may already be official, but uh, I'll be anxious to see where they go. Yeah, and then there comes the uh, the typical Texas Tech offseason carousel of finding new assistant coaches, which is a plague <laughs> upon the football program. Apparently, no, it's a uh, it's it's our, our national pastime. It's just <laughs> reloading. Reloading uh, assistance. Reloading. We yeah. love Reloading. hiring coaches in the hiring process. Like the That's interviews, be, yeah. everyone gets dressed up all nice and fancy. You got their resume with the gloss on it. Oh, it's looking good. Coming on in saying what they can do for your program. Makes you feel good. Well, and, and uh, you know, everyone's weakness is that um, they try too hard. 
mm. and that they work too hard. Definitely. Those that, are, yeah, those that's are their the, only weaknesses. Your biggest, your biggest Care weakness. too much. It's actually positive. Think about it. Think about yeah, it. Right. <laughs> oh, 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 oh got him there. I think, yeah, I think my biggest weakness is that I'm actually too good at my job and making everyone jealous. It's like an oh. underscored, like, Kenny Powers type of thing. <laughs> so, speaking of football, another great transition. Thanks for setting that one up, Hunter. We're just rolling right along. Man, um, yeah. Home runs, baby. <laughs> there you go. There, that, that, was, that was talking football. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> I, I, I missed that transition to baseball. I guess we're... I'm just kidding. No, no we're not. Come on, let's talk some football. This is, this is um, my area. <laughs> this is this is where, where everybody's, I guess, most excited, most uh, intrigued. And in. now that the basketball season's over, I think most people are going to be turning their attention towards football, especially during the spring uh, practice season. Of course, couldn't have, you know, drama-free spring practice. Had to have those four players um, arrested. It looks like as of this morning, their indefinite suspensions have been lifted. Um, I don't think that's going to be the end of their punishment. I think it's still going to be carried out until they, the whole legal process is finished. But as far as what Kingsbury said this morning in the post-practice availability, he said that they're no longer suspended. Um, we saw a video from some of the players from that group uh, participating in practice. I think with the exception of Des Smith, which I heard he may be injured and banged up anyways, but... Um, rumor possibly from the dog that bit him <laughs> which would be kind of a, a sad way to go down because Christian Taylor was the one that was breaking out windshields and he's back in practice and a dog bites Des Smith like no, I'm not going to make it back man <laughs> yeah that's uh, that that was probably a little much I mean he's got he rabies now it just makes him a better football player there you go yeah, that's the kind of tenacity uh, you want out of your defense yeah yeah he just uh, really wants it <laughs> He just uh, he's, he's really out there. This dude's just, just foaming at the mouth. Guard me! Like, like no, he's literally, not. No, he literally. really he really is. Um, yeah, they're, so they're going to be having an open another open practice and scrimmage this weekend in Frisco. The last incident, this one where the the players were arrested, was after the one in Midland. Hopefully, we won't have a, a repeat of that. Um, besides seeing these any of these three or four players participate in that what are you guys looking forward to to seeing or hearing about from this one Cause i don't think it's gonna to be televised but and i'm not going to be there to watch it but is there anything in particular you guys are looking for i mean i'm looking to see like how much time jet duffy actually gets like if i'm interested in that quarterback uh battle at all because like we mentioned that his punishment probably is not like over especially considering that this is his uh second um run in with things that are less than savory um Probably I would, I wouldn't think that he would get too too much playing time. Even though, like in my opinion, he is more than likely the eventual starter, especially given the hiring of Kevin Johns, um, Indiana. Just a fantastic spread option ball club under Kevin Johns. I I really side note I really like that hire. I feel like that's a good direction to go in, especially with the wide receivers just being blanketed. I I'd look for that Duffy's time. The other thing is I'd look for anyone who can replace Mike Thomas. I think Mike Thomas was uh, kind of the unsung hero of that defense. It just really made a bunch of really good plays. From those guard, he's the only guy not returning from the 2017 squad. Someone is going to have to step up and fill that slot. Now, that nose guard slot is probably one of the most important parts on defense because like, everything stems from there. Like 
Jordan Brooks and you know, Dakota Allen cannot make plays if they have guards pulling up to their faces or being able to reach them. And that's what Mike Thomas was able to do. And the end result was that we had two of the best linebackers in the Big 12 in 2017. I say we, Texas Tech. Obviously, you get the picture. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like that is a bigger hole than we're talking about right now. A bunch of the conversation around Texas defense has been like, oh my gosh, like, look how much they have returning. It's like getting your whole offense, not as drastic, but in a way it's like getting your whole offense back but without the quarterback or without your left tackle per se or without like your key, like your only 1,000-yard wide receiver. Like it's a big deal. It's a big piece of that defense that has gone missing. I'm interested to see how they will attempt to replace that production. So I'm assuming it's probably going to be by by committee. You're not going to have one person take that role over, but – um, I actually watched a little bit of the last season spring game. Uh, a guy that sat out this past year, I don't, I can't remember why, but Nick McCann, I, I think was, was was playing that position. I think is set up nicely to kind of step in. I think it would have to be, like I said, by committee. I don't think this is, you can, you know, take over a redshirt sophomore, take over for a a senior the way that and and dominant way that Mike Thomas did. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 interested to see how they kind of fill that hole because of the entire you know other ten positions, everybody else is back. You're you're pretty confident and comfortable with what everybody is, even though they've kind of been cross training and moving around a little bit. You know, if things go poorly at their new position, they can just kind of resort back. You know, um, I'm blank on his name. The defensive back that was doing so well last year got moved to safety. Justice Parker. No, um, it, it was it was a corner that got moved to safety. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be anyway. Much help so those. if if, if <laughs> he doesn't end up we are the panning experts. out too well, yeah, <laughs> if he doesn't end up panning out at, at at safety, you know, like okay, he can go back to being a corner. He was really good. Um, there's just lots of you know comfortable options, and then you look at nose tackle, like uh, kind of hey, yeah. And have we really seen any of these guys play? Like we've seen them play, but. We've really seen him play. No, because Mike Thomas was so dominant, like nobody could take him out of the game. Yeah, he he command he commanded at least like you can just leave him unblocked. I mean, most of the time, you couldn't leave him like single blocked, and he never really made an impact on the stat sheet. But he definitely uh, like gummed up that center of the line so well, and the linebacker was able to free flow over the top. And a lot of where Texas Tech got beat was in the passing game, which I mean, Big Twelve. You're gonna get beat in the passing game. That that that's just kind of like a given. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, the bowl game it really hurt. Uh, that just got to be kind of almost borderline pathetic there towards the end, where it was just, oh, we're just gonna throw it, and it's gonna be fine. They'll catch them all. Uh, that was a uh, yeah. The passing game was always rough. Um, I remember. I I know Mike didn't make the stats sheet much, but I think he. Forced a lot of fumbles. I'm about to say, except for probably the turnover, like for a defensive lineman, he had the most turnovers I can remember for a long time. Yeah, I don't know if he recovered or recovered them. them. Yeah, Yeah, but he forced quite a few too. And he just, y'all are right. I mean, he's going to be really hard to replace. Uh, You know, uh, Vasher's someone I'm going to be interested in watching. Just kind of see how he's progressed, see if he's put on a little weight. Um, (laughs) That that would be good. Uh, 
You know, I, I've got knows? some He's I can give him pole. if he needs any. <laughs> My man looks like a magnolia tree. <laughs> He's so skinny, man. So I would love to see that because uh, there was something about seeing Cantrell when Spencer and I, we went to the spring game last year. And seeing Cantrell last year, I was really impressed with him. And I'm still a little bitter about how he was underused and how he performed so well at the combine and didn't surprise me at all. I mean, he was, he had all the measurables and he just didn't get very many targets. And, and when he was targeted, he caught the ball most, most all the time if it was catchable. So I saw him and was really impressed with, with what he was able to do, unfortunately against our defensive backs. And he made them look, uh, tiny. I mean, he was, gosh, was he six four? I mean, and he's he's like, yeah, he like two twenty five or something. He's, he's a big a, dude. He's he's a stout ripped. guy. He yeah, and st- he was just a specimen compared to these guys guarding him and was catching everything thrown to him in that spring game. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. And then, well, just he, weren't able he to did, get the ball to him. Well, he did really well during the season. I think he was just overshadowed by by Kiki Kuti, who just was phenomenal. Going back to the twenty seventeen spring game, the one in, in Frisco. I was surprised at seeing the the receivers that did really well in that game were Derek Willies, Jonathan Giles, oh, yeah. Tony Brown, like guys that aren't with the team anymore. And yeah. Derek Willies was this past year, but he was like was nobody. Kuti was like running with a second and third team. You're like, wow, like we're, 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 did he just like really step up or were there like there's that many people ahead of him? But then, you know, he had the year he had this year. So when you brought receivers and talking about you know T.J. Vasher, I think you can kind of feel comfortable. I'm I'm interested in seeing who else plays around him because beyond Tim, you're like Quan Shorts is supposed to start, but who knows how this might this off season stuff might affect that. Um, you've got Wesley, Antoine Wesley, Dante Thompson, um, Daquan Bowman, jo- JoJo Robbins. Like you got a bunch of people that have been with the program for a while. You haven't seen anything from them. You're like, well, we're gonna have like one guy again, and then a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> interested to see how that receiver core uh, turns out this year. I just really hope that for once something pans out. If you know, if you know what I mean. Like, like I feel like there just about every year there are a couple of wide receivers that get a lot of off-season hype and normally, like, one breaks through. Like, you have a Brad... In the Cliff Kingsbury era, at least. You mm-hmm. have a Jason Mara that breaks through um, and really shows up on a national stage. You have Brad Marquez, who shows up on a national stage. You have a Kiki Cutie, but everyone around them, everyone that's supposed to be, like... Or, or like, 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 Jakeem Grant. But everyone around them just kind of fades into the back and does not have, like, the year that they expect, like Derek Willies was expected to be an excellent compliment to Kiki Cutie. Where did he go? Why did he drop mm-hmm. so many passes? And I'm really, really hoping that that is not the case this year, that there is uh, just a bunch of spring hype and guys that are really, really good in spring football, and they're really, really good in practice, but the big light's just too much for them, I guess, or something. I don't really know what other way to describe that. What 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 concerns me about that is you ha- you're not really hearing about anybody else besides T.J. Vasher. I don't know if yep. it's like because there is nobody else, and you're kind of like really praising the hire of, of Kevin Johns. Like maybe we'll just run the ball a whole bunch. It, <laughs> we might be like Trey King. Give it to my 
massive child Desmond Nisby, my big beefy boy, <laughs> my buffet annihilating spawn. <laughs> just, just, just buckets of crab legs at the at Vegas. As long yep. as they're legally purchased, all, all the tortillas that we're, th- we're throwing them for him. He's got to have his mid-game snack. Mid-game snack. There it is. Come on. You'll cramp up in West Texas without tortillas. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't know about the receivers. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can about it, about this offense and the direction with Johns. I like the way Duffy mes- meshes with what Johns did at Indiana. I like the offensive line. Concerned about running backs. Concerned about receivers. And I'm not... Don't kill me for this one. I'm not entirely sold that having every single person from a defense that improved from horrendous, worse the nation to serviceable is a good thing. It's it's not a bad thing. They they improved to the point where you could win games with them, but we're talking like how do you get to that top half of the Big 12? How are you playing in meaningful games in November? And that comes with development in the offseason. I don't think in the Cliff Kingsbury era, Texas Tech has shown a pattern of doing that. I think they have shown a pattern of doing the opposite, where you have a freshman come in who's really good, like a Jonathan Giles or potentially a Ian Sadler or like Derek Willies that comes in, uh, Braden Fajoko, and they have a, a pretty good to decent first year, and you say, okay, naturally, they're going to take that next step, and that next step never really seems to happen. We, how, like, how many times have we seen that manifest in everyone except for Patrick Mahomes? How many times have we seen a good year stacked on a good year? I, I'm, try, I'm trying very hard to think of that happening i'm not trying to be pessimistic and bring the mood down because i do like i I love dakota allen as a player i love jordan brooks as a player i think that linebacking tandem is going to be very good but how many times have we seen actual improvement from the offseason i I don't think it's many times see this is where i think you and i would get really get along really well (laughs) because i i mean if, if anybody's familiar with me in the past three years on twitter or whatever you know, I'm not a. I'm. I was done with Kingsbury two years ago. I thought he should have been fired, <laughs> long time ago. And and the off season progression or, or development, I think, is one of the big things that we we all have to point to and say. You did something good. You get those guys back. Why aren't they better? Yes. I mean, to, to your point. So you're like you're, you're looking at the defense. Ten guys back. Now this is more on Gibbs, and I don't know if if the Kingsbury, you know, shortcomings also apply to him. But like, okay, can Gibbs take those ten guys, ten plus guys, and build on that, and still still be good with, with forcing turnovers, but not have to rely as heavily on turnovers to be good defensively? So where we're not just having um, like, or we again, Texas Tech. I hate <laughs> saying that, and I hate that it's a habit I have. I, to where they're not having to like hack at the ball every single time. To where they know if they don't force an incompletion, they're probably going to get some points out of this drive. Yeah. yeah. So and they can and that can cause uh, at least they're better about it than they were before. It seems like at first 
uh, when Gibbs first got here, they were more concerned with getting the ball than getting the tackle. And it's it's kind of finally ingrained a little bit the other way. Um, y'all, y'all both, I don't know if Hunter knows, but I am definitely a Kingsbury apologist. Yeah, you are. I, I, I do feel like uh, I, there's, there's really, and I've said it before, there's no statistical evidence to back me up as to why I still think he should uh, helm the ship. But um, maybe this is it. Maybe this is maybe this is the year. Uh, he's he's had a aside from bash rip rocks. Um, he's had a pretty pretty off off the radar uh, off season. I think that's might be beneficial. Uh, the fact that the basketball team was so good, he got to kind of coast for a while, and people were like, "Oh yeah, spring football. Spring football's on now. That's good." <laughs> We're not so, just pining um, for the football. Game. Yeah, yeah, we're not just oh uh, yeah. They they went out and uh, someone stretched today, and so we're gonna <laughs> and then we're gonna have like four four articles released on on a yeah, post game yeah. <laughs> post practice. We've got a video with some uh, some some music the kids like playing <laughs> while the while the guys are stretching. So the I, I season with Lil Uzi Vert, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I was. I mean, I, I think. Um, what I was getting at was that he has had very little turnover this year is with his players, and I think that's a really good sign. I know you watch your mouth, Michael. Well, well last year he had uh, there were a lot of guys that left, but they left after spring football was over, which well, was like weirdest true. part of that entire thing. Tony Brown and Jonathan Jaws all left after spring practice was over. Right, so there's still a chance that you <laughs> know, I, I can very well put this size 12 foot right in my mouth. But the fact that he hasn't had any significant turnover yet, I think we had one guy decommit, that, that running back. I can't remember who he, what his name was, but there hasn't been a lot of, of that type of attrition. And that was the word that everyone loved to use last year was, oh, there's, is there attrition? What's going on? So... If if he can kind of maintain the the group of guys he has now, keep them on throughout the off season, throughout the quote unquote unmandatory summer uh, sessions, I I think we're looking at a, an improved defensive unit for sure. Uh, I think Gibbs will appreciate that. And then what what are your thoughts? Because Spencer and I have talked about it on on Johns. Do you think there's any chance, Hunter, that he'll get to call any plays or is he just kind of there as like a consultant or what, what exactly is his role? Because I think Spencer and I both agree that what he brings to the table is something that, you know, is innovative as far as tech goes. Like we don't need to rely on the air raid anymore. We can, everyone runs some version of it. I mean, it's, it's okay to not be the air raid team. So if he comes in with them, some sort of option and kind of a run first mentality, that's great. And I think we're open to it, but is he going to get to call the plays though? I wish I knew. I wish I had the answer to that question. It would put a lot of the questions that I have currently about this team to bed. Cause I I don't know if y'all have caught this um, from reading any work. Like Cliff is kind of notoriously like cagey. And full of like coach speak, but he speaks in like the old spice, like cologne commercial voice. So everyone thinks that he's like, oh, he's really like saying something. He's just saying the exact same thing. He's just sound like he's selling you insurance on the side. Like, <laughs> I, he, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Who knows if Cliff gives up uh, the play calling? Who knows if Johns gets to call a couple plays? Who knows if it's just like just kind of there as a placeholder? I I think we'll just have to. It's cliche, but we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Yeah. When when yeah. when we heard that um, Johns was hired and that one of his first interviews, I, I brought this on the podcast. Whatever it happened. Um, that kind of broke my heart and my spirit is he, he said he was still learning the playbook. I was like, no, 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 you're the offensive coordinator. It is your playbook. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is like, you brought him in for what then if he's just going to pick up your system? He's a, pl- right. he's a placeholder. He's a, he's a guy with a title that we get to yell at online. Well, and, and technically he's like only the co-offensive coordinator because Clay McGuire is another co-offensive coordinator and running backs coach. And like, but then why is he here? Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it, how how does that work in in meetings? To if if you're here to kind of implement a scheme that that you've run successfully, does it just get shot down? Can I, I guess Kingsbury has the chance to just veto it? Like, yeah, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that one. That's good call though. Good call though, Kev. We'll uh we'll pass on the uh, triple option this this year. <laughs> I mean, the answer to that is like any. Is very carefully, <laughs> you do it very, very carefully. I, I don't. the The way I've seen that happen at work is they have you know the run game coordinator, the pass game coordinator, but you'd have to break the offense out and say, in a running situation, you have to turn those controls over to, to Coach Johns and let him do it. But what and, does constitute a running situation? Who knows? And with this team, yeah, with Kingsbury, everything could be. No, it's a pass situation. You, you need to go back to the your. <laughs> You didn't go back over on the sideline. I don't know. But so just to kind of bring up this, one of the questions that Brian asked was uh, regarding the running game. I mean, we have questions about the receivers. We have questions about the running backs as well. But um, he said that the Kingsbury offensive have, uh, offenses have averaged about 1,800 yards rushing per season over the, like his first five years here. Do we think that they're going to be over or under that for 2018? And that's a good question because looking at it's like, well, being that there's so much unproven talent at quarterback and receiver, I would lean towards probably higher on the rushing totals, especially if I thought Kevin Johns was going to be have a, a more hands-on role in calling the offense. But then you turn back, okay, you've got your five offensive linemen back. Your running backs you think are good if you've got Trey King and Nisby, but then they disappeared for times of the season. Dalion Ward is back for now. Um, past them, you're like, you've got a walk on who's making it like, like he's been mentioned in the, in the, the practices. Like he's been here a couple of months and he's like your, your next available option. Everyone wants to tout that as like this guy, like, Oh, look at this walk on. This is amazing. That's not a good thing. If you care about the future of your program, that's not a good thing. If you if you enjoy Texas Tech having success at football, having three established running backs, one of whom led your team in rushing one year, being nearly beaten out by a guy who just stepped on campus, that's not good. That is not positive. It's, no. It's not, not, not bueno. You don't want that. The, the one success story that we don't want to talk about of a walk-on was Baker Mayfield. And even then, that was kind of like, wasn't truly your traditional walk-on player. Yeah, he had offers. You yeah. know. He he elected to walk on at Texas Tech, was summarily shown the bench or told that he'd be in open the competition after he fumbled the ball three times against Baylor. And here we are. 
down yep. a Heisman winner. Can, can I just say I'm still really salty that he didn't have his fumble issues at Oklahoma. It's like they could teach it out of him. Like why couldn't we? <laughs> maybe think, he did it on his year sabbatical. Maybe he, he learned maybe how to he, hold uh, the ball. Yeah, he sailed around the world. He found himself, and he he realized how to grip how to grip a, a leather football. I mean, I, I think what you're alluding to is there might have been something um, off kilter about his instruction or his training, perhaps. I, I think that's exactly where he's going. <laughs> his his position coach was also the offensive coordinator and head head coach. I, I mean, I don't. Nowhere else that 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 blame would fall, but who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? I, I, Why don't you guys I, just hire Lincoln Riley before we had the chance? Now he's now he's gone. He's, which is the point? That, which is the point that I've been making on the bad website Twitter.com every single time <laughs> Herm Edwards does anything stupid. Because, oh, because you mean the, anytime he opens his mouth? That's a yes. full time job. Well, man. The, the, the the common knowledge and what. It was the talk of the town before the Texas game was like, is Cliff going to be let go? And the common refrain from um, more unreasonable people than Michael uh, that elected that he should stay was that, well, who are you going to go get? Who are you going to go get? Do you really want to compete with all these other people? Look at what happened at Tennessee. Look what Arizona State did. That's your competition? Like, you, you have to beat out the worst coaching search in the history of college football and the guys that hired a mean, like that's it. That's it. If that's who you're, if that's who you're up against and you're Kirby Hocutt and you have a track record of hiring Tim Tadlock and Chris Beard, I, I'm hard pressed to say that in a, maybe a year we don't look back at that off season and say, we missed a chance to get a head start on looking for someone else, and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but that kind of common knowledge I don't think is so like common anymore because that was the refrain I used two years ago. Like, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? Well, now we have choices. We have young guys who are really good. You have like a Dave Aranda out at LSU. Oh my you gosh, I would have killed to have Aranda. Killed to have Aranda. You have Seth Luttrell who turned North Texas into something good after decades of just god-awful, emotionless football. I was a little, not as, as, as warm on, on Littrell as you were, because I, I remember you and, uh, and, and, and Kyle having this discussion uh, early this spring or, or late last fall that, like, um, just what, what Littrell has done, and I, I don't know if it was enough to have warranted another, like, a, a jump up to a, a Big 12-type position, because you've kind of done that. Although Kingsbury was a position coach, or sorry, he was a coordinator, not a head coach. But I don't know. I I I, mean, I didn't like that that comment or that that defense of we're going to stick with him because who else is out there? Who who going to get? Um, I I think there were guys to get. Um, unfortunately, you got you know teams like Oklahoma locking up the one guy you would want to go after. Yep. Right before you know you really had an op- op- a chance to go after. I know, right? Douchebags. That was really. That was just a. Yeah, I mean, that was a really smart move on on their part. Of course, you know, not that I thought he would be bad, but yeah, he made the playoffs his first and and, and Lincoln first year, and and Lincoln gets it. Lincoln get like stuff with like recruiting. 
he gets it, you know, and you could see it in like the stuff they put out. Like, I think I wrote an article about this, about how he just kind of like understood about the time when they were getting ready to play in the uh, Rose Bowl is they weren't just putting out um, stuff about, you know, players making great plays in practice. They were videoing and chopping up and putting out video of them having fun, of them enjoying football. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just like, oh, look, we play Fortnite too. Oh, we have, yeah. we, we, we have a TV. You see that? We also game. Like, yeah. they were a genuine team having genuine fun, and it had, like, a nod to the Malcolm Kelly freestyle. And I was just like, you know, that's why people want to play for him. Because he understands. He understands that it is about having fun, too. And you, you kill to have Lincoln Riley right now. You kill to have him. <sighs> so, yeah, going back to Brian's question, 1,800 rushing yards. <laughs> that was a tangent. <laughs> it was. It was a really long one. I again, after all that, I still don't know if I want to go over or under. Let's just say my heart, my my hope would be over because we've we've seen how um, that eighteen hundred rushing yards is probably bolstered and, and 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 pushed up a little bit on the average because of that year that DeAndre Washington had a couple years ago. It's probably average is probably you know I don't know probably closer to seventeen or just under seventeen hundred. You would expect more of that, more, more than that. Um, so I, 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 like I said, I would hope it would be over, which means that, in my mind, Kevin Johns has more of a hands-on role in calling the offense. He's he's running more, um, not having to rely on T.J. Vasher and who else? <laughs> um, Whoever uh, the, the smorgasbord, the primordial ooze of young wide receivers <laughs> who rises. Well, from do you it. think? Do you think if uh, if if Duffy gets the chance to start, and if he gets the chance to be a mobile quarterback and make those types of decisions, whether they're either drawn up plays or he's just given the go ahead on if you see something on this play, just run. I mean, that could possibly push us over the edge. Uh, that's that's kind of why I'm leaning on maybe going over eighteen hundred, possibly because of the quarterback play. And some of it may be out of necessity. Some of it may be out of like Mahomes, where he's just scrambling for his life and uh, happens to pick up six yards or, or something, you know. So, and, and I'd hate that for Duffy or Carter or whoever gets back there, but that that could be a possibility. I I think that's where I am. I'm going to go over, but out of necessity, and it's painful getting there. Like I, I Probably, yeah. yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's going it, to, if that's an over, something has gone horrendously wrong. Like 2.1 yards per carry. Oh yeah. And it's just <laughs> awful. Like everyone's injured, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it will, I, I do think it will happen, especially if Duffy starts over in a heartbeat, that kid's fast. Can I just confess something? When, when you brought up Mahomes, that what was it the year going going into his junior year, we're like, oh my gosh, he's going to, you know, he's going to settle down a little bit, run the system better. And then the same <laughs> thing we said for Shimanek. And we just, I use it as a crutch and, and, and didn't, I don't know how, didn't fully appreciate the talent that we had with Mahomes until that junior season. Like, oh my gosh, this team is nothing without him. He, like, he is about to single-handedly will this team to a bowl game. It was one of the greatest individual performances I've ever seen. And will go completely under the radar because he was running for his life every snap. 
Yeah. And then the, somehow finding a like a receiver like on a on a frozen rope forty yards downfield, like how did he make that throw? Across his body. Throwing across his body, like you know, <laughs> off of the wrong foot. It it didn't matter. He he was incredible. And yeah, I I think a lot of us were unrightfully hopeful that oh well you know, Shimanek will he'll kinda of more adhere to it and and uh no, Shimanek just he he couldn't move as fast as Mahomes, and and when he did move, he moved into a sack. Things got costly. He sacked yeah, himself, or or had to throw it out of bounds. You know, couldn't couldn't or make a sixty yard fourth dart. down. And yeah, with, with Shimanek, part of it, I, and this is personal. I I come from like a defensive background, and my playing like this, I don't know this for sure, but from my limited time like watching quarterbacks, and I mean the very admittedly very small sample size we got of him this season. Part of me thought he adhered to the system a little too much. Like he yeah. wouldn't go through all of his reads before finding the check down. Like he would see the check down open and take it because it was a completion. And and then you get three yards on the play. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I I don't know. There's, there was so much that could have been better with Texas Tech in 2017 that we'll never get to realize the full potential of. But, hey, that is uh, true for every single team in college football unless you're Alabama and you just have five million perfect players forged Uh, in the defensive lineman factory basement of Bryant Denny (laughs) coming out of a robotic frequency by Nick Saban, the true robot overlord. (laughs) <laughs> replicating cycle over and over again. They're weird, man. They're really, really <laughs> weird. No, they have like, because they, you know how people will start hiring people like analyst positions now? That was basically started at Alabama is they had so much money because Nick Saban brought them from being trash to pretty good, to pretty good, then to great in like three years. And so they just got this windfall and they're like, what are we going to do with all this? Oh, we're going to hire analysts to break down Every single second of tape. I mean, the man has you know Butch Butch Jones working as a defensive analyst for him right now. That's a former. He was a head coach last year. Yeah, that's that's almost unfair. <laughs> yeah, and he has a habit of picking up old USC coaches to help him on offense. And and that, I think uh, y'all probably saw it, but uh, a few months ago they announced that they have their own barber shop. Of course they do. Like the Alabama football team has a barber shop, so I mean that wouldn't come in handy for a guy like me, really, because I do my own hair, much like how I do my own stunts. But the barber shop thing would be nice, and I just wanted to point out this. Okay, all three of us are bearded, but I am by far the least <laughs> least bearded. <laughs> I have like the most minimal beard compared to these two, and Hunter is just he's. He's going full Saskatchewan over there. He's he's looking good. This is this is called I don't own a razor and I'm not paid enough to own one. I'm not appearing <laughs> on camera anytime. I can have a face for radio, it doesn't matter. My girlfriend thinks it's great. She loves it, doesn't care. I I'm living the dream, man. I've tried to do that. I can't. It looks it looks awful. It looks like a looks like a Brillo pad or something going on on my face. I, I, I once it. I get anything past where I'm at right now, which is pretty short, it's just it just starts 
looking pretty you gotta pretty do brutal. it and then one day you wake up you look at yourself in the mirror like man i look good <laughs> I, that's how it had to happen i'm not kidding that's how it had to happen for me my clippers died and i was like well guess that i'm just gonna look like a bum for a while and then it just kind of transformed it's like i like this <laughs> like what did i ever do anything the other way didn't mean to get us off topic there but i, I noticed it earlier and i was like i gotta work this in somehow i am completely outbearded at this moment i i, I appreciate it but mine's going a little gray right here i'm getting old like you michael hey hey on. you know what um I, I looked it up just because i wasn't sure i'm actually older than lincoln riley and he is the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. So, okay, when, when, when I started getting to what that age What have I done where, with my life? Where, where I was getting as old or older than professional athletes, I'm like, man, this sucks. Yeah, yeah, I remember that like a too. Bum. Yeah. I remember like, when I was young, the Texans drafted, I think his name was Amobi Okoye. I can't remember what college he went to, but they drafted him when he was like either 16 or 7. Like, he played his first NFL game when he was 17. I remember thinking, that is so old. And now I'm just horrified. Like, this young boy, this prepubescent, is going to get killed. This man. Why is no one stopping this? He, he hasn't owned a car. <laughs> He's never been on a date. He's Can't going up against nut. grown men. These guys, their mortgage is being threatened by a teen. <laughs> it's incredible. All right, I've got I've got no good segue into baseball, <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> We're going to quickly touch on baseball. Um, this past weekend, when when Tech took uh, took on West Virginia, we we crossed the halfway point in the season, um, twenty six and three currently. Uh, dropped, I guess, in the ratings out of number seven at, at this point. Not really a, a big factor in what what's going on. Um, they they moved the weekend series up so they played Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, lost that game on Thursday to West Virginia one to zero, and you're like, you just got shut out by like one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve. You started your conference play one and three after you nearly got swept in Waco to another probably better than they look now Baylor team, but it's like wow, we're 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 doing awful. And of course, I had to open my mouth on Twitter and said. The sky is falling. <laughs> that's the appropriate response on Twitter. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what that's it's all for. It's useful for. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to be an extreme one way or the other. Um, you bounce back. You win the other two games of the series. Offense kind of, I think they scored thir- 12, 13 runs in the other two games. Um, one of the biggest questions so far has been your, your hitting against Big 12 and quality pitching, and you've not really – Got the upper hand in that yet. Um, tonight they were playing New Mexico State in Midland, and at that point in the game when I turned it off, you we were, like you were hitless through five or six innings, which is not good. They're um, tied. They're one-to-one right now in the bottom of the eighth. So they got on the board, but... Okay, um, but you're, you're tied one-to-one with a 500 New Mexico State team. We're, yeah, we're gonna wait it out. Three hits. We, we're gonna wait it out until the game ends. We're just gonna sit here in absolute silence, and then as soon as it ends, we will have our reaction. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold. I'm gonna hold the scorecast thing up to the camera. We're just gonna do. Yeah, we're just gonna watch it in silence. We're gonna do our instant reaction post an hour into the show. Baseball game is over. Finally. 
So skip forward to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two. Skip to an two hour, hours and fourteen minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so the way this the schedule was was written, you like that that trip to Kentucky. Um, hindsight, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, Tadlock wants to test his teams and figure out what what you know what they're made of. Um, the conference schedule, you know, of course. Texas Tech doesn't have any say in, but it's really backloaded. You play basically the first half of the conference season, you're playing the bottom half of the league. The second half, you're playing the top half. Um, so if you're going to compete again for another conference championship, this first half of the conference season, you really need to kind of um, build some momentum, stack up some wins. And at 3-3, three and three, you're, you're really kind of falling behind. You've got Oklahoma at 6-0. and oh. um, other, other teams are that have played three series, I think are six and three in that range. I think Texas and Baylor are in that range. Um, You've just got lots of ground to make up if you're going to be competing again for a conference championship, which is, you say that like going into the season, you're like, okay, we've got, we've got Davis Martin. We've got uh, Steven Gingry. We're we're, going to be great. You know, you lose Gingry, you lose um, Shatter. You're pulling guys out of the bullpen as your second starter. I mean, it worked out with Killian on the first start, but, um, really kind of figuring out how this team's going to respond to adversity and, and, and get, you know, things rolling halfway through the season. Um, so, I mean, in my mind, I, I am a little concerned with this team. Like, going into the season, I was I felt pretty um, justified in expecting a deep Omaha run and, and competing for a national championship. Now I'm like, can you make it to a regional? Can you make it to a super regional? I, 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 I it's, a, it's a big drop from you should be going to Omaha to like, can you make it out of a regional? Yeah, uh, it's not the most encouraging thing when you see two of your starting pitchers go down and before the halfway point of the season. Um, you know, the, one of the most encouraging things, though, I think, is the only game that we've lost in Lubbock was against West Virginia. And so mm-hmm. we've only had, out of the six losses, we've only had one in Lubbock, and we play OU and Texas in Lubbock. And the reason I know that we play Texas in Lubbock is because my wife and I were trying to do a staycation that weekend and rent a hotel room, and we were like, why are the hotel rooms so expensive? <laughs> oh, because there's a, oh, that's the Texas series. Oh, that's right. So, uh I think, you know, that might win you over a little bit. Um, might help us out having a bit of a home home field advantage. But I was, uh, you know, I listened to part of the third game against West Virginia, and they didn't, you know, Tech didn't start really doing anything on offense till what, fourth or fifth inning, I think. And Michael Davis just kind of, um, took over it with with some great hits, and I think he had a home run at least one, and some questionable base running from what the radio guys were saying. I think they were there were a couple of times that he shouldn't have gone, and he did, and somehow it worked out. And they were even, you know, uh, Haxton and Lent were both. Yeah, I don't think anybody was waving him to go in on either of those times, but he he made him work, and uh, you know, even then, of course, Tech won eight to five, but. Man, West Virginia had the bases loaded. Um, they, I think we, I think West Virginia walked or 
or had a two or three runs scored in the ninth inning and kind of made a uh, game out of nowhere. And, and it was, it got kind of, I got kind of worried and luckily that double play ended it, but man, it was, the pitching was falling apart there at the end. I know he had two or three different guys on the mound in the ninth. Yeah. I, I don't know what to think about it. Baseball is very strange. Admittedly, the only team that I watched is tech historically. And I really don't watch much else like outside of that. And even when I do watch it tech, it's like sparingly. And I haven't, I've been so just so busy with March Madness that I haven't caught much of it, but I think there's a li- from what I've seen and from what I've researched a little bit before this, I think there's a genuine cause like to be concerned, especially considering like preseason expectations. Like I think, and I, I think I did an article on this a while back. It's like the first time in three years that you've been actually picked to win the conference and TCU hasn't. And I yeah. think like, this is your best shot. This is an incredible team. Yeah. You've had some injuries and, I'm just going to throw this out out there because I really like this nickname. I called Josh Young the personality test because of Carl Young. That's a deep cut. Sorry. <laughs> He's in BTI now. Type uh, whichever one hits the ball the farthest. Um, no, I, I, I don't know if like they're built for that deep run. I don't know if their bullpen is that deep. They have some power. They do have power. But can they pitch? We will see. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the way you're, you're frame, phrasing it there. Was the the Rangers from last year, they, they're they pretty good power hitters. That there, were, there wasn't a lot of, like, contact hitting, and then they were struggling, you know, from the mound. Um, hopefully, you know, you don't repeat that kind of – you don't have that kind of season that the Rangers did. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, a, kind of a stretch comparison there, but – Hey, baseball update, fellas. They're in the ninth, still those, tied. Yep, still tied in the ninth. Man, Woo. you stole my thunder. Baseball. Uh, that's, that's what I'm here for. Baseball. <laughs> We're doing it. We're staying on. We're staying on till the end of time. It's a good pastime to remind in college to remind me how like like you don't have a job. <laughs> Sweet, you're not going to care about it. You're going to go watch free baseball. <laughs> yeah, free baseball. <laughs> baseball is one of those things that. If if it's on the TV, it's just it's just like the most soothing, relaxing thing. It's it's like uh, it's it's pretty close to um, listening to Bob Ross paint. You just kind of you just kind of get those vibes of oh this is just nice. You know, people are clapping, someone's <laughs> randomly yelling. There's a the pop into the glove. You're like oh this is good, but. I mean, Bob Ross is still the, the king, but uh, baseball is pretty close. It's up there. And I mean, baseball is the sport that, when you're young, is the most closely associated with postgame snacks. I mean, yeah. soccer, sure, but baseball. Baseball, you get the good stuff. Yeah. Ba- ba- baseball is when you got the free fountain soda. Yeah, or the snow cones. Yes, yes. Yeah, Always we get most- snow cones. Definitely. Definitely associated with postgame snacks. More Man, and that Little League place... Uh, in my hometown had they had really good burgers i don't know what it was and maybe it was just because i was a kid and you were hungry and you've been smelling those burgers cook the whole time you were playing baseball and so you'd get a burger afterwards and it was one of the best burgers you'd ever eat and that's probably goes for a lot of little league places and across the state but yeah snow cones and um the big league chew bubble gum 
Oh yeah, that stuff was always oh, yeah. a lot of fun. It's <laughs> all these little kids looking like they're about to put a fat lip in. <laughs> Great marketing, man. I mean, I can you still get that on. stuff? I'm surprised. I mean, has someone with the tobacco police that that come on and and have these really sad commercials? Don't they have someone out there like, hey, we can't sell basically knockoff. Uh, Levi Garrett to your six-year-old can that tastes like um, you know cotton candy. We can't really sell that. Can we? Can we remarket that as something else? But I, I don't. I wonder if it's still out there. I, I haven't seen it. Imagine the uproar if they had like a root beer flavor and it was brown. Oh, oh, and you're <laughs> spitting. Yeah, and over, over, just so many violations. If they came up with the Dr. Pepper flavor, we'd carry it in Texas. Oh, we would, and we'd get reamed for it. And probably <laughs> rightfully so, because it looks like all of our middle schoolers are <laughs> dipping. <laughs> Sorry. For those of you not watching the video, we just had Michael... That was more of a dip. That was more of a dip. It yeah. wasn't a chaw. You know, chaw, you kind of oh, yeah, hang yeah. down there. Yeah, but the, but the dip... But I remember the... You could get... Um, like a little skull can of jerky. Did y'all ever get that as kids? Have y'all ever seen that? It was it was like a little. That was exactly what it was. It was a, the shape of and size and shape of a skull can, but it was just shredded beef jerky. And I guess that was the point. Was you could, you know, you could pop your pop you terrorize your, skull can. your poor mother. Yeah, yeah. You make you her, yeah. Dip a, no, it's teriyaki, mom. It's fine. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> Oh, I can't even imagine that conversation. Like, I don't believe you. Let me smell it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I just wear it to get the ring in my jeans. It looks cool. <laughs> oh. So, okay, because we haven't had any divisive food topics just yet, I wanted to get Hunter's take on best fast food uh, hamburger or cheeseburger. Because oh, there, there was some discussion last week about Whataburger and Brahms. <sighs> <laughs> yes. Wrong. Hunter made the same face I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and it, it wasn't it wasn't Michael or myself that brought up Brahms. It was somebody else that writes for Staking the Plains. I, I just he was, I I don't know how prevalent a Brahms would be around here. Like I have no real frame. You know, I it's been it's, it's been an Oklahoma years joint. since I've had Brahms. Yeah, it's like a Red River joint. You're either yeah. thirty miles north or south of the Red River, and you might see a Brahms. Well, they are in the Metroplex. That's where I, I've seen them. Obviously, that's where I grew up, and I had a, one not too far from my house. But it wasn't something I considered like a good place to get a burger. It was yeah. you go there for ice cream. Yeah, they also had a grill there if you didn't want ice cream. That's what I'm. Yeah, it's like getting a steak at IHOP. It's there. It's <laughs> it's not bad. You can technically do it, but you're there for the pancakes. Yeah, that that's my that's my impression of Brahms. Um, I mean, it's Whataburger. It has to be. Really, it's Whataburger or Five Guys is a close second. Man, yeah, you're not you're not kidding about Five Guys. That's uh, that one's up there for me. Both of those I like a lot, and I will stand by Wendy's. I I haven't brought this take to the Slack chat yet, Spencer, but you know, for like national chains, Wendy's Burger, man, it's they they have good veggies, they have good pickles, uh. You know the the science behind the square patty. 
means <laughs> that there's more surface area for the cheese to melt on the patty. And this thus improves the experience. So I, I, do, I, I do really like Wendy's quite a bit. And not just being an echo chamber here, if, if we're talking about national chains, I would probably agree with you on Wendy's. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there, there with you. Especially over like McDonald's or Burger King. No, we're not, we're not messing with that. Gosh, yeah. Burger King, what happened, man? They <laughs> fell off. They, they, they used to be over McDonald's on my hierarchy. Now just, just Wendy's up there. Have you been in a Burger King lately? Because I feel like every Burger King, even if it was built last year, was built in the 70s. <laughs> I, I think all of them were built, you know, when our parents were like graduating high school or something. There's just still, they just, there's a smell, there's a, a sadness, there's something. Yeah, sadness. yeah it, it, still, there, there's a sadness, yes. I, yeah. I agree. Because you're not even at McDonald's. <laughs> you're at Burger King. You're not just, had, you're not just at the fast food uh, burger joint. You are at the lowest run on the totem pole, and no matter what Taco Bell esque gimmick they do to try to get people there, it will not make up for it. I I do okay. I I did get Burger King a while back. Every now and then, you know, Burger King has its place. A Whopper's okay, um, but uh, there was one time I think out of spite on Fiftieth Street in Lubbock, there's a Burger King right next to a McDonald's, and I just I'm one of those people that I don't really like people, so I'll go through the drive-through and then I'll eat in my truck. And Guys. so what I did was I ate in the McDonald's drive-through. No, I got McDonald's and then I ate in the Burger King parking lot, facing the McDonald's, just kind of like psh, psh, Burger King. I'm I'm gonna interrupt you, you Michael. There. What? Game update: Zach Reams homered for a walk-off win, two to one. You could say See, he uh, reamed. Never doubted him. <laughs> he reamed that baseball. Reamed him, damn near killed him. Because <laughs> I, I was trying to fall on, on sidearm stats. I was like, okay, so we had one guy up to bat. Um, he's no longer listed up to bat, but he's not out and he's not on base. What happened? Oh, he scored. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, just like we all predicted. Oh, here is our instant reaction pod. Yay! You're we, welcome. They did it. Never doubted the boys once in my life. You can't prove otherwise. <laughs> Two to one, and uh, everyone goes home happy. It's a great day to be a Red Raider, or whatever Jimmy yeah. Lynn says. <laughs> yeah. Guns up um, something. No, that was the other guy. Man the towers, ring the bells. That's, that's Robert Giovanetti. W- one other question I had for you, uh, Hunter, before we move on to our one listener-submitted question. <laughs> Our one devoted listener, right? Um, we're we're kind of in that season of the limited time offer, fast food offerings. Um, Whataburger seems to kind of just just do a rotation of it's always something. Uh, they're they're bringing back the buffalo chicken strip ranch sandwich. Um, there are others like the McRib at at McDonald's that's trash. Um, what, 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 what would your, I'm sorry, what would your, your limited, <laughs> Hold the phone on that, apparently. <laughs> your limited time offer, if you're going to go for one, it, it may be the McRib. Um, what would you be going after? That, the, but Buffalo chicken strip sandwich. Are you kidding me? That thing's amazing. Like, okay. I'm, I'm, I, 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 page. I, I I'm super heard of this. excited. You're my real, I, I'm about to drive. There's a Whataburger right down my street. I might go there now. I might go there right after this. 
it I came a, back like this week. It just came back. Oh. I have a very proud husband moment because uh, Spencer tweeted that out with without saying what the sandwich was. He just tweeted out the picture and something about how he was glad it was back. And I just showed my wife the picture of it. And she's like, oh, did you know this was back? And she looked at it for like one Mississippi. Oh, the Buffalo, the Buffalo chicken ranch sandwich at Whataburger. I didn't even know for sure what it was. I was like, I knew it was chicken strip something at Whataburger. She's like, oh yeah, that. It's like, oh man, that way to go. <laughs> good way good to job go, on Allison. spotting that one. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> no, I'm, I, it'd probably be that, but it's under very specific circumstances. I don't, I don't get a lot. I'm trying to eat better, desperately trying. My metabolism is failing me as I turned 27 this year. It's finally That's starting to catch up That's about when it hits, man. Finally oh. starting. Um, I do I do, and I always get the large fries, and I always get uh, the ranch on the side so I can dip it, or I have the like jalapeno ranch, and I always get a strawberry shake. For whatever reason, Ooh. it tastes better with the strawberry shake. And the Whataburger machine, uh, ice cream machines, unlike the McDonald's machines, <laughs> they're not broken. They're not broken. <laughs> they have never once been broken, which is why. That is superior to the McRib, even though I can get five McRibs for like eight bucks and just <laughs> roll around my apartment for the rest of the week. I can't think of a, I can't think of a limited time only thing aside from Whataburger because that's the only one well, I really and, uh, kind of pay I'm, attention to. I'm there with you, Mike. I was thinking about okay, I know the McRib, and then of all the ones at Whataburger because they're usually pretty good. The Buffalo Chicken Ranch or Buffalo. What do they call it? Buffalo Ranch Chicken Strip Sandwich. A1 Thick and Hardy's my jam. That's, that was that's the other one I was going to bring up. And the Sweet and Spicy Bacon Burger. Yeah, the Sweet all, and Spicy is not bad. Sweet and Spicy is not bad. If I had to if I had to pick another seasonal, that was pretty good. Oh, gosh, I'm blanking on it. I hope Taco Bell doesn't move the nacho fries to seasonal. Yeah. And they, they used to have the cheesy gordita crunch as seasonal, and that made me very angry. Yeah, that is an incredible item. That is like a top five Taco Bell menu item. Oh, for sure, easily. That and like a Mexican pizza, as trashy as that is. Man, how, how do they get those tortillas that crisp, that perfectly fried and crisp? It's it's like it's a it's it's its own tortilla. They don't have that tortilla on anything else except that Mexican pizza. It's genuinely good. Yeah, Taco Bell's genuinely, unironically, extremely good. I Especially enjoy it. Taco Bell breakfast. I still have never tried their breakfast. I'm a vocal, diehard supporter of Taco <laughs> Bell breakfast. It is great. I, Don't I, I will support you, even though I haven't tried it, because I, I've I've tried I've tried most of their. I, I celebrate their entire collection, <laughs> and uh, with the it, exception of their fries, because those are trash. No, those were pretty good, especially with that cheese no. sauce. Mm-mm, you can dip mm-mm. them in the cheese sauce, man. When 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 Hunter was bringing up the uh, Burger King doing some kind of um, Taco Bell style gimmick, those those nacho fries they taste like nothing. The cheese sauce is kind of nasty. It makes it worse. They need to stick to the real house and, and not mess with fries. They, they have, have they have they have other have good nachos, things like fries nachos where you can get like a nacho del grande except with with fries instead of chips man and it's I know. good I I tried that too and I was like mm, this no. isn't any better I mm. I, res- I respect it I respect it <laughs> it's it's not it's not for everyone that's like that's like half of Taco Bell's items it's just not for everyone like there are some things that I've tried there that 
I ashamedly hated, but hey, we all fall short. Yeah, yeah th- anything with Taco Bell guac or pico on is disgusting. Agreed. That guac that, is nasty. That is that that is the ingredient you always have to steer clear from. Everything yeah, else you don't. Good. Yeah, I think the guac mainly comes on like the steak burritos or something, and yeah, it's kind of odd. Oh, uh, yeah, this is really great for me, the guy who hasn't had carbs in like 11 days to be talking about all this <laughs> delicious Taco Bell goodness. Don't cheat on your diet now. Yeah, there's no there's no Taco Bell phase on the South Beach diet, although I, I think I could find something there. I, I could just get some, some steak, fajita meat, and no, that's it. That's really it. <laughs> All right, let's let's get on to Brian's other question. Is there a summer movie y'all are excited for? Don't you do this to me. Don't anyone say it. Don't don't do it. Please. <laughs> it's not technically a summer movie. Thank God. But <laughs> no. Man, there's there's this great movie that just opened. It's uh it's got like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and and the critics and so that means it's beloved and it's got all of your favorite things in it all of them and if you go there and watch you will remember all of these things and you will like that you liked them and remember them and it's called ready player one and i just can't how many times have you seen it hunter have you seen it like three times (laughs) he's gone into a catatonic state because he just he just wishes gold, he was in the Oasis. It's he the just golden corral of movies. <laughs> it's everything yes. everyone else does better smashed into one. It's telling you, screw you, you'll like it. Yeah, sure, <laughs> this is the only place you can get a steak dipped in chocolate. Does it mean you want a steak di- dipped in chocolate? No, but it's prime rib dipped in chocolate. I want to die. <laughs> Very well done prime rib pre-sliced. <laughs> I, I don't know why I loathe the idea of that movie so much and why it creates such a visceral response. But I, It does. I, I, I mean, I've been getting a kick out of it on Twitter because I, I did read the book a few years ago. I enjoyed it for whatever reason. I did really like it at the time because I apparently like reading about people playing a video game because that's basically what it was. And so I, I liked it and thought the nostalgia thing was uh, okay. It was a little overboard that part of part of the book was him reciting every single line of Ferris Bueller's day off, and he had to do it perfectly, and he had to act it out. And I, I was, okay, well, I have that movie on VHS. Yay. That shows how old I am. So I do like the movie, but I don't know all the words. So anyway, there was a bunch of stuff where you're just kind of, okay, that's a little overboard. But I never thought, how is this going to be a movie? There's no, it, it seems it seems impossible to make that into a movie. Oh, I, because I, I, I read the book too when I was a lot younger and before like nostalgia became a cottage industry, before yeah. that became like all of everything until the end of time. Yeah. Now it's just the most cynical cash grab in that nostalgia in, in industry even worse than you know the 15th transformers movie where they go to the moon and that that's actually kind of the best thing about the transformers movies is that none of them make any they don't follow any plot line it doesn't matter we want we want a new actress doesn't matter old one died who cares happened off <laughs> no screen. One, don't matter. even ask 
Why why is the Bumblebee Camaro a different Camaro every movie? Yep. How, yeah, does he just find one? <laughs> Doesn't and, matter. And what killed me as much as I liked the first movie, um, that was before the new Camaro had even come out, and so apparently there was just a concept Camaro in, you know, yellow with black racing stripes just driving through that tunnel when the old Z28 from the 70s scanned it and just oh well he became anyway. This isn't this isn't car pod, but okay. The real the real movies I'm excited for. I just had. To I'm get... sorry. This is my fault. I'm I'm the cause of all these tangents. I'm sorry for my. No, I don't think so, man. Uh, I, okay, I actually put them down. I've, I've got a few. Deadpool two, pretty pumped about that one. Really like the first one. Uh, I think the one I'm most excited about is Sicario: Day of the Soldado. Oh. Have you seen the first Sicario, Spencer? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a great movie. It's got Josh Brolin, um, uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, is that right? and Benicio del Toro. Oh, Benicio del Toro is—he makes the movie, especially the end. There's a scene where there's a family eating dinner, and Benicio del Toro interrupts their dinner, and I, I just. That was one of those movies that kind of flew under the radar. It was an action movie. It was an original movie. Um, I'm not sure we need a trilogy for it, but after seeing the previews and Josh Brolin saying something about, I'm letting you loose, all the way loose, or something to Benicio Del Toro, you're like, okay, all right, I'm in. I'm in. So those are the those are the two I'm most excited about. Um, the Incredibles 2, yeah, yeah, I liked the first one, but that was a long time ago. And... Uh, the ones I'm not excited about are Solo, Skyscraper, and I don't think I'm going to see Infinity War either. We'll see. Kind of behind on all my Marvel movies. I've, I have a one-year-old. Mm. What about you, man? Spencer, balls in your court. So I, I had to look up a list of, of movies coming out this summer to tell you me too. Where I'm at. <laughs> Same. Um, I was reminded about the Han Solo movie. The first trailer I saw looked pretty cool. That was back in the Super Bowl. Since then, I haven't seen anything. I don't. Know, I don't. I don't even know what to expect from it. On the list, I see there's an Ocean's Eight movie coming out. I was a big fan of the Ocean's trilogy when they first came out ten years ago. Um, the Sandra other one, Bullock is apparently George Clooney's sister. I think. Because they keep referring what? to it as like a... If you've seen the trailer, it's like a family, runs in the family kind of thing, or... I, I guess was, she's... Who's was her... She was his wife in the... Sandra Bullock wasn't, though. Oh, Sandra she Bullock was, wasn't. She might... It was uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah, it was Julia. They look so similar. Yeah, and, and so I think Sandra Bullock's is... So I'm just trying... I'm, I'm interested into how this is an ocean, but I think it's actually related to him. And since... Since they started at eight, Spencer, if it's good, you know they're going to go eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so I don't know. They're going to add one more person and add two. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have another. You're going to have an trilogy. ocean cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, the other one that I, I think I'm looking forward to the most is it's coming out here pretty soon, or is out, or no, I think it comes out this weekend. Is a Quiet Place. Oh. Um, that John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, scary movie or horror movie. Um. I'm 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 a big fan of horror movies and like I I heard an interview that John Krasinski did about how it was more 
like it's it's scary not because of the evil or monsters or whatever that scary movies make to be scary, but it's like somebody trying to protect their family, like not being able to fully control that situation is what makes it scary. He's like, that sounds pretty cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm interested in that one too, but I am in no way interested in seeing it in the theater because I'm not a scary movie person. So I, that'll be one of those I'll watch at home with all the lights on, possibly. When... Do you scream? No, I don't. <laughs> but I, I think I do jump. And then you but... like blame it on it. That was her. That was her, man. <laughs> Pointing to your wife. I'm, I don't think I'm I yeah, well, I, I think I do that thing where it's about five seconds later, and I'm the one going, "Oh man, what? <laughs> You're finally Ooh, catching your did breath. You, <laughs> what was that? It was alive the whole time. You know, I'm I'm that guy. So one of the last scary movies I actually saw in the theater. What? And I'm gonna blank on it. I just lost it. Um. Oh my gosh, this is this is excellent podcasting. <laughs> we're at an hour and a half, by the way. I know we're going so long. I'm like, I'm sitting here, blah blah blah, blah. Um, and there's so much more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we've got like eight <laughs> other things on the list. <laughs> Suckers, it you're was... here forever. You can't ever Keep leave. <laughs> so uh, you guys have to help me. It was that that movie where they thought the house was haunted. They were setting up video cameras during the night. Was that the one that the guy that did Ghost Hunters did? I don't remember. It was. It was kind of portrayed as like based on real event, like one of those like Blair Witch type scary movies, but like that's that's trash. Um, but like so they they were having these issues, supernatural issues happening at the house during the night, and they set up all these motion cameras that are night vision cameras around the house, and a large part of the movie was like sitting there watching nothing happen in dead silence. You're like. Holy crap, what's about to happen? Paranormal yeah. activity, maybe? There it is. Paranormal activity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and then they had it was the first one. It was, yeah. it was the, the first, first one. The first one was terrifying. Dude, like like when they actually, where they were playing like that, like the mic feedback on like what it picks up during silence when it's trying to pick up some noise. Like you just knew, okay, what the F is about to happen. You're like... <laughs> And then, like, the first couple of times, like, nothing happens. You're like, a book falls off the shelf. You're like, okay, I made it through. Okay. And, like, there at the very end, you're like, this demon is dragging her around the house. Yeah, yeah I, I want no part of this movie. I, I'm I'm checking out. I don't even want to. Dude, it's it's like giving me chills just to stuff. think about it, dude. It was, no. it was. Oh, yeah. I'd be up all night. I'd be up forever. Mm-mm. Um, A movie. Um, I'm a, I don't know. I don't really see many movies in theaters these days. Westworld's coming back. It's going to be great. Sure. <laughs> Was season one pretty good? I've, I've haven't watched an HBO show that's not available on prime. So I'm like eight years behind. It can be like, eh, it, it, it's what you make of it. It's kind of, it follows in the vein of, uh, this kind of new age of TV and new age of, like movies where the real fun is getting to create your own theories and wondering what could happen and discussing them and debating them as opposed to it having any concrete coherent plot. (laughs) So 
it's definitely, which by the way is why I love the new Star Wars because it told that was part of that was telling like, like, oh, you got this big bad guy. Well, he's dead. Sorry, no more fan theories for you, bud. He is cut in half now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gone. Bye-bye. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it does that, and it's very good on that aspect, and it's very unique, I'd say. I don't know if it was as incredible as I thought when I first saw it, because I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then a month passed, and I was like, yeah, after it was on, I was like, well, that was something for sure. Like, it definitely like, kind of tailed off. That's good. Well, the, I think I think Lost kind of started that phenomenon where it was just, you know, there has to the, just circulating all of the reasons why things are happening. Uh, it just kind of became part of it. It seemed like after that, and and that's been that's been fun um, with certain shows to to kind of dive into that. You know, Fringe was another one where people dove into that. Uh, but yeah, Westworld. I I, I want to try it just because it it seems it seems up my alley. I like I like pretty much what it's trying to sell. It's the take economy. Lost created a demand for takes. Now we've supplied them, and now we have <laughs> oversupplied our our too avenues takes. for takes. There's too many takes. We've got to <laughs> stop the takes. Ah, <laughs> oh, put the dam up for the takes. Uh, oh. <laughs> I have to uh, have to report. This is hot off the presses. Zaire Smith is reportedly declaring for the draft, but he's still eligible to withdraw since he did not sign an agent. That's from John Sokoloff on on the Twitter. Mm, so okay, yeah, I saw the report earlier, and I was gonna bring it up, but it was from a guy with like less than a thousand followers, unverified, and I had never heard of the places he wrote for. So I decided. So like to us. No. <laughs> ah, no. Dang. Well, man, I hope it's not the guy I'm reporting. No. <laughs> no, Sokolov is actually kind of a, a regional uh, He's Fox a guy. guy. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's, that's for real. There's that's that bit real. of. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if that first round grade was accurate, like, you can't you can't say anything bad about it. Like, oh, he has to, but like, really wish he wasn't. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, I'd like to thank Brian for the question and also uh, i think it was hunter who had the idea of brian and hunter just getting together that was like a joke. once a month no yeah. no that was just a joke <laughs> no dude you don't have dude, to do it was it. already it, it's it's a, you said you wanted people to retweet it and i was like well i'm gonna retweet it <laughs> i just thought it was funny i was just doing popular format man i don't want that kind of pressure <laughs> I'm gonna well, come i mean just whatever, something every month no, 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 no. <laughs> just whatever, whatever y'all have something, something, uh, something good to talk about. Y'all should, y'all should throw it up. I'd listen to it. All right. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, I'm always down to do stuff like this. All right. All right, Brian. All right. You've got to, you've got to, um, you got to show the, show that you're in on the, what the heck ever I'm trying to talk. We've been talking for too long. I don't remember how to talk. <laughs> Ball's in your court, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> He's never going to hear good. this because no one's going to listen this far into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I, I think we're pretty good. I'm like, we can say whatever we want at this point, and we're not going to lose anybody because there won't be anybody left. <laughs> they done gone. <laughs> Yo, Trey, you suck. <laughs> so, Hunter, where, where can people find you, uh, whether on Twitter or in your professional writing? Diehards.com. Um, hopefully some other places very soon. TBD. Potentially, we'll see. Freelance life is crazy. 
on Twitter at Kenny Loggins on. It's a very funny <laughs> joke that I made at four in the morning. <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> that, that's about it's it. The danger zone, man. <laughs> the highway. All the way through. So um, one thing we didn't talk about is one of the, the uh, ways I was introduced to Hunter was he and a, a, another guy, Kyle Jacobson, were doing a, a podcast flat earth etc really hoping you guys are able to pick that back up that was something i really enjoy listening to um i know it's on hiatus because life is busy but agreed yeah i was a i like the flat earth podcast myself so the world's good worst to... and best podcast schrodinger's <laughs> podcast if you will <laughs> yes um it is something i actually thought about it's like we're not I don't really see us as like competing because we we talk about different things and like you guys are such much more intelligent in, in your discussion. And, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. And with we're that. we're what? just over here playing in the mud. And... <laughs> we we're, we're talking about how we're going to make that podcast like lifestyle brand, and it just always <laughs> turns back to both of us saying, "Yeah, we should probably fire Cliff Kingsbury." <laughs> and I think that's kind of, that kind of became a running joke that we just. No matter, we can talk about anything and just always end up there. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. We'll see if it comes back or not. Uh, it's just life stuff that needs to get worked out before um, we both commit like that time like uh, to doing that. So we'll see. Yeah, because I, I know that uh, Kyle's moving, getting married. You're you're in a full hunt for a full time job. You're not settled like us old men. You know, Michael's been. I don't know. I was going to try to make it. I, I, it's hard out there. I, I, Let me tell you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not fun. Um, Michael, you want to plug your, sure. your channels? Sure. I'm at the, I'm at the Twitter at LSRR07. The, the, the Twitter never the gets Twitter. old. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's pretty much where you can find me. I, I haven't posted on staking the planes in a while, but I need to do that this week and get back into uh, telling y'all about what's going on around Lubbock and food-related items. Speaking, of, okay, so we, we were talking about this other website that Michael and I used to write write for before we started this, and one of the things that like really got me uh, a couple of weeks ago is I, the first time in a long time I'd actually gone back onto that site. As I saw, they had basically ripped off Michael's idea for this. What's happening around Lubbock for certain events is like you douchebags. Come up with like your own ideas. Y'all were y'all were more y'all were more mad about it than I was. I didn't really I didn't really catch it, but yeah, it it's very similar. It comes out around the same time of the week as mine. And... Yeah, I, I was about to say. Yeah, I mean. Not that yours, because I, I did read yours even when you, you were a slit, even Matador's. I, dang it, I just said it, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> I, I? I read it from way back when, and I was like, ah, it's not that you did it bad. It's just that it is a pretty common idea, but you just don't want to have that. And I actually, I think, because full disclosure, I used to run the same site. Um, I actually, I think, talked with Seth like very, very briefly, and I just wanted as I was concerned about, it's like, hey, just to like clear the air, we're not trying to rip off y'all. We're trying to go our own way. Uh, sometimes some stuff is going to appear because that's all there is to talk about. But yeah, yeah that I, I I agree with your take that it is questionable. The time. yeah, I mean because 
you know, there's um, people post about whatever's going around town. That's no big deal. I I really didn't think that much of it, but the other guys were pretty. They they were uh, they were pretty fired up about it, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, so something that Hunter slipped in that you probably missed that he actually was was writing for for VTM and and was the editor whatever they call that position managing editor for a while after yeah. Seth the, and us left, but he wasn't directly after Seth. It was head, a couple head of guys. subordinate. The the, uh, <laughs> the 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 position of getting screamed at for everything that goes up on the site, whether you wrote it or not. Yeah. While while also interning at the same time. Yeah. Gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> Easiest days. job in the world, no problem. Yeah, I, I don't know if y'all can tell, but I maybe was a little bit ready to move on from that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It was fun yeah. while it lasted. We had a butter, we had a lot of fun. Published some funny articles. I mean, if not evident by you not being there currently, <laughs> I think we're pretty <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All I'll say about that. Um Yep, and then obviously you can find me at Punts Suck for all your awful sports takes. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll have to get back with Hunter again soon. Definitely. All right, everybody. Thanks.